On this edition of Commander's Log, we're talking episode three, season one of Strange New Worlds, Ghost of Illyria. I don't know about you, but I'm now a light addict after the jump. This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Welcome aboard the USS Post Show. It is I, your Chief Communications Officer, Flobo Boys, but look alive, Captain, on the bridge. Let's go, well, Hello, everyone. Thank you very much, number one. <laughs> uh, you know, I have to say I was um, I was very disturbed, and I'm not going to give it away quite yet. Give it away. I was yeah. very disturbed that there was something on this episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds that they stole from us. Us, this show, really? Yeah, yeah. No one watches this show. What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't believe that at all. <laughs> but we'll definitely get into that. Thank you so much for joining us on Thursday evening, wherever you are, or Friday morning, if you're over the other side of the planet. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And I can't believe I'm saying this. We're actually on LinkedIn. Let me start off the top, man. Last week, week before, you're a bit of a sour puss about this <laughs> show. <laughs> Has that changed? Overall thoughts of episode three? It's it's definitely changed because I'm now 100% sourpuss. What? 100%? You hate the show? Dude, I you can count the, the things I liked about this episode on one hand and I'd still have a couple fingers left over. What kind of ultimate strange new world is this? What are you talking about? Star Trek fandom is totally falling over themselves sexually about this. You're not a fan? Um, They... They did so many moves in this episode that I thought were weak. And I just got to say, weak. Uh, that I'm kind of mad. And there are parts of the show I'm not mad at. Yeah. And that, will, that will definitely bring me back. Um, but I'm pretty freaking mad. <laughs> Okay, so if you guys don't know this, uh, and I wish I could show you, I write a bunch of notes for this show because I like to give my, my co-host something to work with. He goes a different direction. I did not expect this at all. <laughs> what? I was going to say Mixed Bag City, but you're like, I'm not a fan of this. So let's get into it. What exactly was the biggest thing that made you go, oh, hell no. They're doing some different things in this uh, this particular show that I feel crossed the line from old nostalgic Trek to new Trek. And I don't hate that. That's okay, okay you know, because that's a tone. I think that shows the maturity of the franchise and the maturity of the sort of average age of us. I mean, let's face it, we all, I kind of bring the average age way up. I'm, oh, no, you're not there with 35, man. <laughs> but, but 
and, you know, I have to say, I'm not a stodgy fan at all. If you're bringing me change, I'm like, well, let's let's see this change. I'm, I don't know that I would like the change as much as I like the nostalgia, which I get a lot of you get the nostalgia. Uh, so far. Um, but I, I'm not uh, to give you a what uh, to give you a specific. Give me one specific. I thought it was kind of cool that they had the episode in the original series, TOS, Those Old Scientists. Those Old Scientists, yeah. I got to stop doing that joke and just letting you do that joke. <laughs> you brought that joke onto this show. Um, there was that episode, and we watched it on our show, uh, our Sunday show, Starbase 80. Available now, whatever internet thingy. And um, and we watched the Naked Time, and oh, yes, yeah. you should you should definitely watch the Starbase eighty Naked Time. You should also watch the unofficial sequel that came from Star Trek: The Next Generation, okay. the Naked Now, true, which you and I also watched on Starbase mm -hmm. eighty, because this one is the Naked again. They ripped that off kind of hard. Kind of hard for this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, first off, for me to really make my argument, I'd have to jump ahead in the in the jump ahead. Plot. People who've watched this show have watched the show. All right, we got thirty minutes or forty five minutes. Give me everything because I want to. I want to sift through. People love the show. It seems outside in the Star Trek sphere. I think I'm more of a mixed bag, but my thing is coming from not being able to grow up with the original shows. I don't have the nostalgia factor. But you're a long-term fan. Is like I'm not impressed. Put Tui. So please tell me why. Give tell me why. Give me all the reasons. Okay. Um, there is the moment in this episode. Ghosts of correct me, Elira, Illyria, Illyria. Ghosts of Illyria. Um, and I've only watched it once. And 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 that might, you know, normally I like to watch the episode twice. We've got friends who watch it three times if they can before they even start discussing it. I know, I know. It's only been out for like a... 12 hours, man. I, I'm not a machine. <laughs> I mean, the thing for me is you shouldn't have to watch a show three times for it to be good. It should sure. be good enough the first time. Craig Lubin agrees with you, actually. Episodes have been called Naked. Again! Exclamation point, exclamation point for emphasis. And what's up, Craig? Oi, jolly old England. So so great to have our guys with us. Uh, I, it's so funny because I had the private chat window. Oh, it's not letting me choose it. Okay, anyway. <clears throat> I can't see what's going on this episode. I can't even wear my headphones. I, I am so, and I didn't like the episode. So let me get to the one scene where I just basically was ready to throw everything against the wall. Okay. Hammer. Right. Who we think is awesome as, as viewers. I don't think we've ever seen a moment with Hammer where we weren't like, well, I got it's pretty cool and he's really He's really on it, and he's an expert at what he does, and I love this. Yeah. And he is beaming a piece of the planet's mantle into the transporter room. It just hasn't fully materialized yet. Okay. And that's, I, I mean, that's the first time I knew for a fact that Hemmer had the naked time curse, that he had this 
this i guess it's a virus they're calling it sure yeah yeah <laughs> and and that was like this is exactly what happened on the naked now on tng right where wesley catches the crazy bug and yeah. now he's trying he's using his genius to destroy them uh in a you know kind of lighthearted way well as wesley crusher everyone didn't think he'd do anything lighthearted. it's like shut up wesley uh but here's a question though i don't yeah. i want to i don't want to jump in too much in here because yeah. I, I don't want to ruin ruin the train of thought sure but it seems to me as someone who was not around with the original series or the TNG that this is great. Everyone would like seeing the parts they're familiar with, the characters they're familiar with, with homages to that past series. That's the formula people have been asking for, quote unquote. That's what they're getting. It seems like it should be a slam dunk. It seems like why not be happy we're getting these reboots and remakes like when they redid uh, the Return of the Mac for their 25-year anniversary. I want to hear something with a little bit of a different redrum. Why not? Um, I, I gotcha. Yeah, I hear you. Um, here's what I liked. And hey, Kirsten, here's what I liked in, uh, TNG. And I remember a lot of people complaining about it at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, it was the first time Star Trek was back at that point for almost 20 years. And it was kind of a big deal. Every move they made, it had to be a good move. And I just remember them bringing back elements that I didn't like, introducing elements I didn't like, and uh, drawing off of things that they that we didn't love. Now, the fact that the original series had Spock, and so here is a, a half Vulcan, and we know his struggles, and we know that he's like us, but he's so alien to humans at the same time. And he lives in this difficult place. And that's, that's awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. Because in the next generation, they created data and data was very much like that too. And that was awesome. In this one, they just bring, bring the problems. They don't bring, uh, I don't think, uh, I haven't seen enough of the good stuff. If you're going to steal from yourself, steal the good stuff. Steal me characters that I feel for. Steal me characters, especially, um, you know, and I guess I kind of appreciate them not doing this, but, you know, we viewers had that feeling of like, I know what it's like to feel like the alien. I know what it's like to feel like the life form data who nobody understands. Mm -hmm. And I get that. But the way they introduced that in this was like, wait, what? Mm. And I'm talking specifically about Una, number one. Number one. Who I had thought she was going to be uh, perfect. I was afraid that they were just going to make her the perfect one. Okay. And they didn't. And I loved that. She's okay. as fallible as the captain. She's as real and and as you and me as anybody and now we find out that she is a genetic augment and we still have that feeling of like well you were genetically bioengineered uh but you're still like us so that's cool i kind of see that except they already did that with dr Bashir on deep space nine 
Mm. She has a daughter character in, in the security chief of right. Lana. They already did that with Dr. Crusher and Wesley Crusher. They're doing things that, oh, and by the way, at first, I hated Wesley Crusher for a long time. Yeah, you did. And that, that's, don't, don't steal from that. Don't steal from the things I hate. I loved the doctor had to carry this weight of being an augmented genetically modified person who is illegal. Uh, he he should not exist, and he certainly can't be in Starfleet. That's exactly what they're doing with number one now. I'm oh, why do you steal such strong, prominent elements from your own story, as opposed I, yeah. to well, originally this was sort of half done, so let's complete it. That I like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I guess I'm a little bit more bullish on everything, but again, I guess they're coming from the point of like they tried, and I'm, they meaning Kurtzman and company, right? They, 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 they've been trying, man. You know? Well, so I mean, someone runs the franchise, and someone is making these decisions. So, yes, true. you're absolutely right. They are they, out there doing. They it. tried a clean break series, a prequel series with Discovery. And then we saw the tendrils having to be regrafted to make it make sense. We've yeah. seen uh, shows like Lower Decks. They've tried to make things that are comedy thing, but they had to have those original elements into it. I'm not saying that stealing is wrong, because again, I didn't even put two and two together. I was, oh, wait, I was like, wait a minute, that's Bashir. But it's like, I really feel like there is like a concerted effort from the new Trek universe to get some favor from the old Trek fan base sure. like yeah. it's like yeah the new fan base they're fine i guess but it's like i really think this is what it is this is strange new world has to do they kind of are looking for it's like the 2005 mustang it has to look an old mustang to get new exactly. mustang fans all that fun thing brings on but like exactly una being uh to me being illyrian isn't a big deal as much as pike being like yeah you know what i'm down for bureaucracy like that to me was cool I thought that was a cool scene she had where she burned everything. Of course, the captain's going to say, okay, fine. But yeah. I think it was more about Pike's brazenness of being like, look, I want to have these episodes of people who hate Una and I'll jump in and be a captain. No? I, I'm all I'm all for that. And I got to tell you, um, Una is not ruined for me at all. I know I can still really like number one the way I liked her already. Thanks, Kevin. Um <laughs> Absolutely. I, and let me tell you, I mean, you and I have the captain and and first commander uh, relationship. I, that's one of my favorite relationships in all of Starfleet. I mean, every Star Trek show, right down to, um, you know, Cisco and, um, oh my God, Kira. Yeah. Kira Nerys. Uh, Kira Nerys. Kira Nerys. Um, it's my favorite, and I couldn't remember. Um, <laughs> it also I mean, I had she, is, she is kind of cute. I mean, I totally understand. What up, man? A visitor, hey, <laughs> and 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 how funny it is, is it that I'm comparing us to them because that makes me Captain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm the handsome black man in charge of everything. That's me, and how, <laughs> <laughs> but but I. I I still believe in that relationship. I still mm -hmm. believe in her character. It's okay for me. 
Um, I'm even kind of okay with the augment thing, except as they point out, they already did that with Lana, Nudie, and Singh. Well, so you don't really like at all. I'm, I, I was willing to hang back. We were. I made a promise to myself. I never said it to you <laughs> or anyone else. <laughs> I made but a promise would, in my head. I would lay off her. I would not just be completely negative towards her because, I mean, come on. What's the opposite of this? A 29-year-old girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's the opposite of me? Right. This character. So I understand she ain't there for me. She represents a lot of cool things for a lot of people. And that's great. Right. But I, I hate how they've dragged all of these cliches out from they're like dust bunnies out from under the couch, and they built her out of that. I'm sorry, she's Scrappy Doo. Uh, you know what's funny about this, and I'm I'm going to get dragged by original uh, Star Trek fans. And if you guys are, we don't may not know about this show, but we actually like Star Trek. <laughs> Please don't come at us. Um, but I, I felt the same way how you felt about Sing as I felt about Worf, right? Because that was a, you had a Klingon on on the the bridge and so to make everything sound like it's a bigger deal you'll have the klingon warrior be like i've never seen this what's going on ow it hurts like and to me i was like this guy's cheap and i really think that sing if not corrected can be that character where it's like oh my gosh it got to her too act three twist you know what i mean um but i i'm okay with it you know um but let's talk about let's i I swear to you over the actual episode uh but let's talk about someone else having secrets uh after acting his ass off uh mabanga realizes that he has a daughter who is ill in uh and the pattern space Pattern space, pattern buffer. Excuse me. Pattern and the pattern, buffer, yeah. and the pattern, and the pattern buffer. I thought it was kind of cool going from dropping the nugget of seeing the doc in episode one, and now a little bit of a backstory in episode three. Even though it kind of caused the problem of the epidemic on the ship. I liked that part a great deal. I like Doctor Mabenga a lot. I think this actor is carrying a ton of. Um, gravitas and seriousness behind a friendly um, good you know he's a good person he's got a good bedside manner uh, which is not common among Starfleet doctors oh yeah (laughs) probably one of the nicer Starfleet doctors we've had Um, and and of all the nice ones I can think of I didn't love Dr. Flock so anyway (laughs) I don't either I just can't can't do it (laughs) He really, oh my God, I, everything about flocks. We'll, we'll we'll do a flocks episode sometime soon on Star Trek. No, we, we don't have to do that. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You've seen a lot of episodes of Enterprise that really were awful. So right. uh, maybe we won't do that to you. Anyway, um, uh, and I like the secret that he's been carrying, which is he's been keeping his daughter alive in the transporter buffer. Um, we will be addressing the transporter buffer uh, in two weeks, I think, on Starbase 80, because we'll be doing Our Man Bashir, and and that's all predicated on the power of a yep. transporter buffer, so, uh, which I kind of love. Uh, what, I, what I did like about Mimega and his arc, uh, it is a moment even before we figure out why the epidemic was happening, when he was talking about how uh, the differences between prejudice and he's a physician, which I thought was a very cool, smart way 
of giving us the reason, the characterization why he became a physician without him saying, I became a doctor because, <laughs> you know, things changed. I thought it was pretty awesome. I think it was pretty yeah. clever. I have to get the, the, the writer's credit for that. But do you think in, in modern Star Trek, kids aren't necessarily revered? You mentioned Wesley Crusher. We've had a problem with Adira. Uh, do you think uh, the Rakuya, uh, Rukia, would be an issue as the series progresses? Hmm. Well, we do know that um, the difference between Next Generation, which is uh, about the exploration five-year mission, a lot less military uh, when it was first introduced anyway. Um, the idea being that you put children on a ship with their parents because their parents are away for so long that it actually... Uh, creates way too many problems it's much easier to actually have like living quarters and families on board the ship it's also very much part of their hey we're explorers we're we're not this isn't a battleship that we're taking through the cosmos we're families we're a community we're like you know a town and uh and i i always liked that I, it never bothered me that they had that it isn't common during the time that uh, Strange New Worlds takes place for, as far as I know, for ships to have residences and families. Um, so I'm okay with bringing a kid on. And I'm, I'm okay. I mean, look, what do we find out uh, from this child being on the ship? Num number one, Una has to make a decision. Is she going to bust the doctor? get him kicked out, get him fired, you know, accept his resignation. And uh, she uh, says, no, we are going to do everything we can to keep your daughter alive in that buffer. I'm, I'm with you on this. Mm -hmm. And how, I mean, you, number one, you, Mr. Boyce, how Me? would you have handled this? I mean, look, I, I, I would probably doing the same thing but it'd be especially egregious if someone gave Una the olive branch he was like and snapped that branch right in front of him and then like you know what that's against the rules like that'd be weird um and lame actually but i gotta go to stress free k because this is my next point yeah it says most trek doctors tend to be very very ethical but not on pike's enterprise because federation regs can go take a hike now for me in my notes i basically wrote this down as strange new worlds is ncis deep space uh and usually what happens is we have a a internal affairs or like a, a department head or an admiral character but may end up being the thorn in the side of, of, of pike it seemed that's the case because everyone seems to be understanding of the rules and regulations but everyone defies them almost all the time on the ship there isn't a picard being like play that order it's like oh well we, i don't know we're still gonna do it <laughs> uh it, look they, they did it on classic uh tos they did it yeah. on classic tng um and that is uh sometimes and and that's a very good point stress free case says una is paying it forward yes because it mirrors the conversation she had with the captain and that's beautiful i love that the compassion the look it happened in original star treks uh you know tos and tng that we face a problem regulations say do one thing doing the right thing says do a different thing right and I think that is the story of Star Trek. True. Uh, 
because ultimately we're all people, even if some of us are from different planets. Ultimately, we're all sentient beings. We all have feelings and vulnerabilities. And the right thing is not always what's written in that handbook. Right. And I like that. That's classic Trek for me. And that's a way that uh, Strange New Worlds is classic Trek. Right. And I would I would say I'm still not convinced this is not classic Trek, but I'm also convinced that you're taking this rich tapestry of Star Trek storylines and story elements and you're ripping them off like crazy in Strange New Worlds. And I'm not loving that. Okay, okay, all right, all right. What, let me cut a promo on you. Let me cut a promo on you, Daddy. What, all right, brother? What does Star Trek Strange New Worlds have to do? What do they have to do for you to turn that frown upside down? That's a very good promo. <laughs> um, I would like us, and I think this is good. I think this can happen. Okay. I'd like to say I think it's going to happen, but eh, mm. I don't know. I think it can happen that we can get to a sort of equilibrium and that things are not breaking and then having to be put back together. It's a process. You're starting a new show. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, the doctor isn't perfect. The doctor has a secret. The doctor caused a problem. That's why I like this episode. Okay. Yeah. That's real. That can happen. And then how did everyone deal with it? Did you take it out on the doctor or were you understanding? Right. Did you, and did you go, look, this guy is all about helping us. He really cares. If he's got a thing that breaks all the rules, we should break the rules with him. Very Star Trek. I'm very happy with that. Um, we will get more of a crew slash family as mm -hmm. we go. I don't love that they're starting with the little family right now of Una and La'an. God, even saying it makes me mad. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing John mad has been a 10-year thing in the making. This is kind of surreal. Because <laughs> like someone could cut off John in traffic and be like, oh, I guess I was too slow. But now he's like, no, this show sucks. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> this show really makes me mad on yeah. so many levels. It yeah. really does. And I guess that's good, too, because... Um, you know, the way I felt a lot with Discovery was, okay, tell your story. Okay, yeah. go on. Right. And that was great, but you can't always have that. You know, like you and I talk about Prodigy, watching Prodigy. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, that was yeah. so dumb. Oh, I don't want to watch this now. <laughs> fair. That's fair. <laughs> and, and that whole first season, except when we got to the last two episodes, which uh, you know, are available in the Commander's Log library. You should go back and, and watch the Please episode do. where we break down the season finale of Prodigy because I'm telling you, that's a good show. It pays it's off. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I'm more than happy to give 10 episodes to Strange New World. Honestly, I'll give 10 seasons at this point sure. because the thing that I'm not talking about, which also really fits uh, importantly into breaking down this episode, is Spock and Kirk. Uh, <laughs> Spock and Kirk. Well, there is a Kirk. I'm sorry. It's Pike and Spock. Yeah. Because it does take me back to Spock and Kirk. And I love that. And that's going great. I'm totally digging that. No complaints there. Uhura, lover. The nostalgia stuff is working for me. Right, nostalgia, but not ripping things off. Uh, 
nostalgia is so different from ripping things off because when you say, <laughs> Hey, what if I show you a hurrah, but I show you more of a hurrah than you've ever seen. I'm there. Mm-hmm. I'm there. She sings. She's smart. She's sharp. She's got feelings. I love this Uhura as much as I loved the original Uhura played by Nichelle Nichols. So yeah, you got me. I'm there. Um, we we're doing something new with Mr. Kyle on the transporter. Yeah. Kyle's love nice. him. I love this Kyle. He's fantastic. I'm, I'm totally there. So way better than O'Brien particles. <laughs> That's right. I said it. Hot take. Uh, let me before we get to Spock and Spock, and I'm saying Kirk too. Sure. Spock and Pike. I so put a, a, a last button on things. I do agree with you. I think I was okay with the manga story. I was okay with Singh's story and even Nunu's, but it felt kind of stuffed to have everyone have those reveals on the same episode. Um, but hey, look, you're on the ship. You actually have a pandemic, and that never happened in real life. But you have this story that gets stretched. So of course, you give me all the emotional, the family things. Sure. But Contrived or not, most of the episodes split Pike and Spock away from the group. Very NCIS Los Angeles. Uh, thoughts about that? Ion storms and all. You got yourself Pike, got yourself Spock, trying to make things happen on the surface of Illyria. Illyria. Right. And a big part of it is the mystery of Illyria. How did this uh, planet go down? How, how, did, how did everyone die? This is Johnson uh, Park, but Craig Robinson disagrees. He says, does Spock and Pike bring anything to this episode? Unless I miss something. The episode was the same without them. That is I, a beard tugger, Craig. I disagree, but I want to see what you think, John. Well, um, we do go to the library, which is a great old uh, Star Trek tradition. Hey, we found a library. Well, yeah. I'm going to use my power of reading. They never find strip clubs. Uh, Kirk did, but everyone else is finds libraries. Like, what's exactly. what the, what the hell? Kirk, Kirk would somehow get, I need research. To the wall. Oh, the old American, old Earth tone. Oh, old Earth music. We're uh, bringing back the ATL. <laughs> very instructive. Um, uh, well, I felt like we got, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know about you, Flobo, but when you were watching them on the planet, the ion storm is coming. It's going to be terrible. They're not going to survive it. We've already established these shelters are not very solid. Yeah. And um, and then the you know beings made of lightning, <laughs> yeah, show up. I don't know about you, but as soon as I, as soon as I really thought about it. As the storm got so close and the beings were pounding on the door, trying to break into the shelter, I was like, oh, those are the colonists of the planet and they're now lightning people and they're actually going to try to help them. Wow. You're way smarter than I am. Oh, really? <laughs> I was like, that coming? I didn't see it coming at all. Because I really, I, if I called lightning people, I would I would be a genius. I wouldn't, be, I would be captain of the ship, but I'm not. So I'm so glad you did. Um, Stress Free K actually disagrees with Craig Robinson. They say, I don't think they would have figured out the whole Illyrian ghost mystery without Spock and Kirk. Now, there's two reasons why I like the fact that Spock and Kirk, Pike, <laughs> were separated. Good, it's not just I'm, me. I'm doing it now, too. Uh, two reasons. From a writing standpoint, it breaks up a lot of the emotional weight because the pandemic on the ship is cool, but it seems like it could be. It happens fairly often in lore, but so you have so many, so many of the ticking time bomb there. But it's cool to see what the actual um, 
uh, threat is on the planet. I thought it was going to be another radiation episode, but Ion Storm is different. We get to see what that means. But on the other, I do think there is a concerted effort long-term to have Spock and Pike be confidants. I know we teased that with Unin in episode one, but it really is going to be that, that sub-buddy cop. I and mean, I know when they need to have a big episode, they're going to basically break these guys off and have a little side quest. So I was on board with that, and it helped to, with pacing. Um, but yeah, you're right. It wasn't like earth-shattering, like, oh, you guys broke the entire mystery because you were in the library. Yeah, I mean, it's a... Um... It's interesting because, you know, ultimately in the telling of Star Trek, uh, the best friends are Kirk and Spock. So Pike, we know Pike from uh, the episode uh, Menagerie, parts mm -hmm. one and two. We know that Spock is incredibly loyal to Pike. And so Pike, I'm sure, is more of a mentor, more of a, they're less equals, I'm going right. to guess. I mean, right. that was that's how I would tell the story. We're only three episodes in, so I, I can't tell if they're going to do Best Friends Club or, or or not, which, again, I don't hate because that's very much in the tradition of Star Trek. Right. All the series, uh, that there are certain, you know, just pairings or, or thruples, couples or thruples, maybe <laughs> one or two thruples. Thruples. Or thruples. Uh, that makes more sense. Frumble and, sounds like a, a, a snack food. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> mm, now I'm hungry. Great. Yeah. Now I'm hungry. Try to do frumble today. Nacho cheese goes. Mm. I mean, hey man, get a Mexican pizza and a frumble. Good to go. That's topical humor, by the way. <laughs> Mexican pizza is back at Taco Bell. If we're getting paid nothing to tell you this. <laughs> I know. What do I do? I'm selling out for zero dollars, baby. That's it's just our friends are so excited. <laughs> Yeah, they are. Uh, but Do you uh, ever get the Mexican pizza? I don't think I've been to Taco Bell since like what I was twenty four years old, twenty five. Like it's been a while, and I go there I, for the Baja Blast and the caramel empanadas, and that's it. Mm, like, I, I pretty much avoid it myself. It's not really one of my restaurants. I mean, out here we got a lot of good Mexican food places that are real, actual Mexican food places. What is your fast food place? If you were homesick in the replicator and you wanted fast food, what would you pick? I. I have a I have a little bit of a range. Okay. If, if I want my Mexican food, I go to Del Taco. Okay. I've only had it once. It was okay. <laughs> West Coast tradition that I kind of love. Uh, I know not everybody loves it. They're like, well, if you're going to go there, you might as well go to King Taco. You might as well go to, you know, one of these more, you know, focused places. Right. Uh, if it's a burger place, I go Jack in the Box. I know. It's terrible, but I love it. I love terrible. And then uh, if it's chicken, I, I just went to Popeye's last night. And oh, my uh, gosh, that was oh, so delicious. I was talking about choices. I'm actually more of a Carl Jr. guy. But Craig Robinson puts us back on track because <laughs> we're talking about snack food. He says, uh, what did the ghost mystery bring to the episode, though? Was it just to bring Pike on board with Una? Uh, there's two things. One, there's definitely that. There's the idea of, hey, look, Una has this, this dark secret. And he's not going to to bail but i really think that's like the, the pattern for understanding the theme of the show and that is there is what people have told us during starfleet and coming across an alien race that would defy expectations as opposed to having that scene repeat where someone is like um 
attacked or abused, we learn to feel sorry for them. Reading a story and hindsight makes us go, okay, we should probably open up the way we see things. That's just me personally. Maybe I'm putting too much into the episode, but I thought it was a cool idea that this people tried so hard to be helpful to the point they weren't. How Starfleet basically caused the destruction of this thing without even having, not even knowing they were alive or existed. I thought it was pretty interesting. I I agree. And um, I think you've got two stories here. Uh, <laughs> I don't like tacos, Craig. I'm sorry. I hate tacos. I, I do flout this and that's about it. Oh, oh, that's an interesting variation though. Yeah. I mean, it's like ta- it, very close to a taco flow. Oh, I'll do like a taco. taco. What Taco Bell calls taquitos, they're usually flautas because they're mm. the flour. I get those. That's mm. it. Like most Mexican food, I just don't. <laughs> oh. I don't get involved. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm that white guy who will get the sizzling fajitas. I like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, low carb Mexican food is great. What's this? Adding tortillas and cilantro and stuff. I'm I'm out. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Ever tell you about the um. Uh, fajitas by the pound place that used to be in new york city oh my god i don't know if craig remembers that or if any of our new york people remember that yeah let me get a bag of those fajitas over there like are you kidding me it was like that i mean what basically what happened was there was a uh some some family owned some chinese places and they got another store on the same block as one of their chinese places and so they went well mexican food's cool so this Asian family was making fajitas. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, the, the Chinese places that they have the Mexican counter. <laughs> and it was it was delicious. Like their take on it was so delicious. We loved their um their tortillas were so much like wushu pancakes. Oh yeah. It was it was so delicious. I loved it. Anyway, uh, try that once in your life. Should we talk about Star Trek? That would totally break a replicator. Can you make me New York style Chinese Mexican food ever? I want Mexican <laughs> food. The Chinese people made it because that was delicious, and it was. It was so good. Um, <laughs> here's what I liked. I know. I know what I was going to say. Right. I liked that you had two stories. I liked that they were two like sort of main stories. I'm not sure which one would be the A and which would be the B. I guess A because the most people uh, involved on the ship were, uh, you know, suffering from this virus where they uh, need light and heat. And that's really interesting. But they were doing it in naked time ways. Like, I'm willing to destroy the whole ship just so I can get warm. Like that craziness. But what I liked about that was Una was the alternative captain. Yeah, as she would be. Right, number one, and and she's doing captain stuff, and she also has a secret. So okay, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting. I'm with that. Her secret, unfortunately, is the secret Doctor Bashir had back in Deep Space Nine. But uh, bear with us. Doctor Bashir was not an Illyrian man. <laughs> he, he was, was not an Illyrian. No, but what he was, he was genetically engineered with and. And that was one of those, like, well, you know, this was kind of a lightweight character. What's that, Ronald D. Moore? Hey, why don't we make him an augment? Uh, and because of the eugenics wars, it's illegal to be an augment. And now he has to carry this great weight for, like, the last three years of his job. Yeah, that's good. Let's go with that. And that's what they did. And it was good. You are so bitter about these augments, man. I think you're augmenting racist. <laughs> here's, so here's my, here's my problem. They have with those intri- people, 
was like, those, those, those people. Those, augments, those genetically engineered people. <laughs> no, uh, make it make it a, a thing. Absolutely make it a, a, a plot point. Yeah, it, it does. Why? <clears throat> I get why they did it. Because what they're saying is, in an alien culture, they might not think twice about doing it. In right. our culture, it's a big problem, but based on our experience and our history on Earth. On this planet, not that big a deal because this culture, that's what we do. We try to improve ourselves through you know, manipulating our genetics. Well, that's fine. Oh, wait. And we have a completely unrelated character to that storyline who's also carrying a hatred for augments because it's in her family, because she's related to Khan, who was like one of the worst mass murderers of Earth history and also one of the big parts of the eugenics wars. You're, you're stealing elements and now they're fighting each other. Right. And I hate that because now there's like, a, I don't like you, pretend mom. What? I don't understand, pretend child. Like, ugh, I hate this. I hate this parental shit. I hate this teenager shit. I'm sorry. What's your point? You would be the best in Shakespeare class. <laughs> oh, Hamlet, get over yourself. <laughs> your dad is dead. Your uncle's dead. Your mom. Stop being a wuss. Make a damn decision, you stupid, dressed in black goth kid. Uh, <laughs> so you know what's rotten in Denmark? You, Hamlet. You. <laughs> cut, cut, and cut it up on Hamlet. Uh, so Spock is always like, hey, y'all, plasma creatures saved us, but they failed with the colonists because it got light high, right? Oh, look at this tube. I got the receipts. Now, was that too easy for them to find that out by the library? The... <sighs> or was no, that fine? No, because I I agree uh, with Stress Free K, who said that one helped solve the other. Yeah. yeah. Um, and maybe it only happened in our minds, but... <laughs> um, well, so, I mean, that's interesting. So Stress Free K brings up another good point, which is uh, I think Laan grew up with a name like Hitler, but worse and had to deal for sure. I'm so glad you read that, not me. But uh, <laughs> thank you for thinking that bullet because I was like, uh, <laughs> for some reason, I feel like I could just casually bring up Hitler. <laughs> hey, if someone who's mad at the episode, I pick them. I'll always pick them. This is me and Picard. Like, they're doing what? There's an interrogation, and the boy was just a, it was impressed he got mind melded. Okay. Oh, By the shit. way, Picard sucked. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if if you want to take a quick bird's eye view of the whole thing, this is still a great series. Yes, that's what I want to I want to hammer home because at the end of the day, for me, Strange New World is a mixed bag because I don't really know what works and what doesn't. I don't know what's been used all the time because I don't really have the experience you do. So as a package, it's a little bloated, but it's not messy like like picard this is it's like having 14 donuts in one of those like small paper bags that like a little dozen box as opposed to being like oh here's a donut and here's some celery sticks with a with a side of like beet juice in a box you know what i'm saying uh i don't know why i said that but <laughs> but there you go you're trying to heal your body after all this talk about uh fast food yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's a little bit of a character roll call. Uh, we saw individual efforts from Hemmer and Ensign Lance. I'm sure Ensign Lance won't show up again, but thoughts about them? Do you want to see more about Hemmer, more about Lance? Do you, do you care? I mean, okay, let's talk about Lance. The first shot you get of Lance, Dollar General Timothy Chalamet. 
Damn. It's the first shot I got of him, I went, oh, this guy's trouble. That was going to be the villain or he going to die? He was going to do something screwed up and it was going to mess up everything. This this guy just had, uh, what am I looking for? Uh, thorn in the side, monkey wrench in the works. This guy had it written all over him. Oh, yeah. I, I I think he's still alive. I hope they don't keep him around. I don't want him to be on, but I do believe that he was just like one of the first people they brought to sickbay. I, I thought was. he was going to be like that person on uh, NCIS, like the new crime scene investigator like, that uses their fingers and they go, oh, you're ruining the crime scene, Lance. Like, I thought it'd be one of those things. Like, Lance did it again. But yeah, he was first one to, to knock his head through, I guess, a double-paned window. Uh, and got dragged away by Ortegas, which you know another another character I had to take a back seat this week because of what happened. Yes, yes, and I do love Ortegas. Uh, if she'd been in a little more, that would have been cool with me. But um, uh, actually, the double pane glass in the window brings up a good thing from this episode. They talk a lot about uh, technical things we know exist, and we think we know how they work. But you've got to keep explaining to me how they work, and that takes us to the biofilter. Okay, which again gets us back to um, the biofilter wasn't working properly. We know that transporters don't bring you up with all the germs and all the bacteria and stuff on the planet because the biofilter normally works perfectly and it filters them out. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff like that. Like you know, he he smashes his head through the uh, the porthole on the ship, but he doesn't get sucked out because there's like several layers of of glass there right so i um, like stuff like that there's actually uh two more questions before we get out of here and i think uh, uh craig hits on one of them he says do you think hammer is too op with the super spotting senses op meaning overpowered and you do but he's a genius and he tried to import a mantle into a ship um i uh, this does scream to me and op lets me know a lot about you craig uh <laughs> let me know that you play games you play video games or maybe uh also like tabletop games uh, uh tabletop and, i don't have any friends <laughs> <laughs> if you, i have friends i'll play every time you work with me you roll the dice hey Boom. i i got one of responses so i got <laughs> but i got 20 I, agreements I do I do worry that they've done the thing of like, well, he's an extremely rare race. He has extremely rare powers. He's blind. And then we gave him all of these advantages as well. Yeah, he's also jaded. He doesn't imply himself. I'm right, right. He's very jaded. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you people are all idiots. But I don't know. I mean, I kind of like having prodigies on a show. Sure. You know, that that always makes me happy when that's a Star Trek thing. When I talk about how I used to hate Wesley, but then I learned to really like him. Part of why I learned to really like him is because he's such a genius. Yeah. And he really helped. He earned his stripes at some point. <laughs> Stretch VK says, I don't think Hammer has super spidey senses. I think Hammer just has echolocation like bats. That would explain why he can do prep work in the kitchen. I was worried like crazy watching him uh, chop vegetables. Do you know where your fingers are now? 
Yeah, if you got to compare your characters to superheroes, you know it's overpowered, but there you go. <clears throat> hey, that's not a bad observation. I mean, <laughs> in, in many ways, we do love our sort of super characters. Uh, I guess I go back a lot to TNG because it really made me love it, that show. And one of the things I loved was Jordy was such a um, outside-the-box thinker. Data was such a supercomputer brain. Wesley was such a um, such a genius, such a boy genius, and the three of them would get together and solve problems. I really liked that, like Scooby Doo or um, uh, Captain Planet. Yeah, Captain Planet's gonna gonna. So here's something that happened in this episode, which I think was kind of a way of of licking the writers dodge a bullet for later. Is when Benga tells Una that her immune system does not make latent antibodies; it just burns out infections, which is nothing to synthesize. And I said, I'm so glad that was explained because I got a feeling that if they didn't explain that, that would be the answer to everything they'll probably come across for the next five seasons. Good point. Very good point. And it also makes sense for the design too. Like she didn't design herself. So she's, she's using this um, power that was given to her to survive. Yeah. You know, what's funny because in my notes, I don't know why I forgot about this, but I had Una has seven to nine vibes, I guess the whole idea of being from this hybrid background, but they have an impressive background, but you're saying they still from something completely different, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and that's, that's yeah, because what you're seeing is this is how Trek goes. You've got somebody who's super good at this and somebody who's super good at that. And, and that makes sense. Um, if you were to put together your own Starfleet, you would kind of want these geniuses and these really special people to be on every ship. I just want to say my quote of the week this week is Mr. Spock saying, I'm arming us with knowledge. <laughs> it tickles me. It's like, that's right, kids. Don't do drugs. <laughs> I am I am armed with knowledge. Uh, well, I am basically at a wall with our show because of your rants this week. Is there anything else you want to add, man, on this episode? Episode three, this is Children of Illyria of Strange New Worlds. Before we get out of here. Um, I do want to add that um, they did warn us this about this with Una. They did say in the very beginning of... Um, all of the promo material like you may think you know who number one is based on what you've seen from the cage or the menagerie uh or her one or two um you know appearances uh during discovery you may think you know her but you don't really know her so they were getting us ready for this it's just i didn't think it would be so ripped from canon uh, I I was hoping for something kind of new. I will get over it because I really like what Rebecca Romaine's doing. I like her vulnerabilities and that she's not perfect. Um, that's about it. I don't like her relationship with La Anne. I, I really wish that didn't exist, but it's here. So we're going to have to see that play out. I just have a feeling it's going to be very much Beverly talking to Wesley, having a talk. Ugh. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to say like I'm complaining because I don't want to also be like I'm a I'm a, uh, a hater. I don't think Union Singh for me feels like it's part of the same show. Um, Ortega's I think is mostly visual. I feel like the hair she has is a hairstyle we would have in 2022, so it feels kind of weird. But like as far as the character and the dynamic, it does feel that Union Singh is just kind of tacked on 
granted it's only three episodes hard to say right. uh but at the same time though uh I, I did enjoy this one i for the first time i had myself going back and watching the intro i got more into everything i think there's a nice little rhythm to it they slowed yeah. the pace down compared to the older series of star trek i guess that's for the old people old older fans not like old fans but older fans of the I franchise. Am both. you are both and we love you for it captain uh, <laughs> I think it's okay. I think if we're getting some progression, it, is it my favorite? No, mm-hmm. but I, I, I do think there's a lot to love out of it. There's a lot of Pike we like. I do love Spock, even though sometimes in some shots you can tell where his ear is fake, which is kind of a weird thing for me because I know he can't be a real ear. I'm like, duh. Uh, <laughs> that green-blooded hobgoblin. Uh, but other way, it was a good way to spend 45 minutes on Thursday, you know? I'm, I will never be sorry that I watched this episode. I know right. we're still, you know, placing all the building blocks together. It probably won't be a normal show um, this season. Yeah. Uh, maybe by the end of this season, we'll have some sense of what normal Strange New Worlds looks like and sounds like and feels like and who's prominent and who's sort of in the background um, but I, I like how they, they put this show together. I mean, I am big for nostalgia and there's a ton of it in here. I'm big for the leads. I want the leads to be good. These leads are good. Um, and, and we'll see what happens with, Laan. I'm, I'm still willing to kind of be okay with it. <laughs> uh, Stress Free K says, next I want to see Unisig on Anarsikin. I also want to see Mud. Is Mud going to be around? Where's Mud at? I, look, we already had a, a a bit of history between Pike and Mud. I fully, fully expect to see Mud on the show. If not Mud, if they use Cyrano Jones, that would also make me happy. Oh wow, it doesn't take much. Apparently, it's not this. No, I'm just kidding, Captain. Ah, always ah, interesting to see your perspective. I really thought going into this series or season, because season three of Commander's Log, you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, Stranger Worlds!" But I've been pleasantly surprised that you've been challenging my opinions on this Rinky Dink show. But it's about time to get out of here. It's almost at our hour. If I want to connect with you on the interwebs, how I go about doing that, Mister Weber? You can go and find a whole bunch of shows that Flobo and I have done together over at Weber Internet Thingy on YouTube. You can also find the Picard Season 2 series that I did with some of our buddies called Picarder. And uh, and these are uh, these are also available on Facebook, which is where old people like me like to hang out. Uh, so there's a Facebook page for Starbase 80. There's also a Facebook page for Weber internet thingy. Please come by. We'd love to hear from you. Also at Starbase 80 on Twitter. If I had to make merch, what would an internet thingy look like? Is it a box? Is it a, is it a, is it a a, a room? What is it? What would an internet thingy look like? Is it a plush toy? That is a really good question. I think I'd go old school and I'd have one of those um, tabletop like gateway computers. Yeah. With, like little feet on it. <laughs> be like a Pixar thing, except it'd be like that really old, like compact computer that you bought. It, like Available radiation. only in boxes of Quisp. Okay. John, it's been a good time. We got to get out of here, man. <laughs> Say the words. <laughs> Live long and prosper, you beautiful, beautiful beings.